This is your Chargers linebacker, Dan Henley, and you're tuning in with Chargers Unleashed. Welcome to another edition of Chargers Unleashed. Jake Abner and Dan Wolfenstein here with you from the LA Football Network. Today's show, of course, is being brought to you by Underdog Fantasy, Aura, AG1, Mint Mobile, and Rock Solid Sports Memorabilia. If this is your first time tuning in the show, make sure to hit that like and subscribe button on YouTube. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Dan Wolfenstein. Harbor Watch is still in effect. <laughs> Everybody's biting their fingernails. The divisional round is officially over. Everybody's waiting for any sliver of news to drop as we have talked about for the last two weeks uh, as it relates to the coaching search for the Los Angeles Chargers. It is still ongoing. It is still ongoing. Chargers I was scheduled to meet with Jim Harbaugh for a second time this week. Second interview. Second interview. Yes. I wanted to preface this saying this at the beginning of this episode because I at least wanted to mention it, but Dan and I are going to actually going to be taking a break from the coaching news for a while just because we're it's all torture. waiting for or it's torture. Chargers Twitter has just been absolutely on pins and needles and literally at the slightest spark of anything just going off in any direction as far as what they think is going to happen with this team. So we're going to take a little bit of a transition to talk about some potential draft scenarios. Now, as we get closer between now and April, a lot of things are going to change. But there's been a big discourse, obviously, between Chargers fan base as far as what's going to happen with pick number five. What are the Chargers going to do? The consensus has been, you see it normally out there, it's been between Malik Neighbors and Brock Bowers. Are they going to trade back? We have no idea what this new coaching regime is going to want. There's a lot of questions. So Dan and I decided that we would play out some scenarios to try to figure this out. Almost call it a mini mock draft, if you will. And yes, we're doing a mock draft on January 22nd before the NFL Combine, before free agency, and of course, before the NFL Draft. We're probably going to be doing two or three more of these by the time April rolls around. But this is a very early one, obviously, between now and then. A lot of things can change. But we kind of just wanted to play out some of these scenarios as Dan and I were talking about it. We know that that's kind of been the secondary conversation beyond the coaching staff and what's going to be happening. But before we get into all of that, sorry for the elongated intro. Dan Wolkenstein, how are you? Not elongated uh, and much necess- a much needed intro because, like you said, uh, Chargers fandom is in an absolute tizzy with all of the coaching and GM stuff up in the air. I think Chargers fans may say the words Dan Quinn more than any other fan base. <laughs> and it's not for good reasons. Other, you way. mean other than the Cowboys? Yes. Other than the even, Cowboys. Even the Cowboys, honestly, I think the Chargers fans are probably saying Dan Quinn's name in uh, social media more so uh, out of fear. And self, uh, especially yesterday with the news that the Chargers had blocked Kellen Moore from interviewing with the Bears for their offensive coordinator position, everybody was like, "Oh, that's it, Dan Quinn. That's Incoming. that's guaranteed now. He's it's confirmed. <laughs> He's coming." Yeah, that's not it. That's not it. Um, but no, this is an exciting time for Chargers fans. I think it's crazy if we didn't have a head coaching and GM search on our hands, it would be full tilt free agency and NFL draft. And so I kind of want to get ahead of this a little bit. And it's not really necessarily about the mock as it is about what the scenarios and the implications of those scenarios means for certain positions that the Chargers need, which is basically every position in the entire roster. Make note of that. Exciting times. And we want to kind of go through these scenarios so folks can kind of understand 
what the implications are for if they do choose, let's say, wide receiver at five, or if they do choose tight end or other at five, or if they do trade back, what positions would be better suited for which round, etc. So I'm great, Jake. I'm ready to get into this. Uh, hope you had a good weekend. Is it still raining by you, by the way? It's been raining it's, here for it feels like ever, but it just stopped here. It just started for us last night, so it's still going, though. Okay, well... Let's try to bring those rainy skies into sunshines and rainbows as we talk all things NFL draft. So, Jake, you and I have been, I don't want to say different, but generally speaking, you have been on the more of the Brock Bowers train. I've been on more of the Malik Neighbors train at five. And there are many reasons for that. I say we revisit that quickly. Because I think the discourse you mentioned it at the top, the discourse is like, oh, here are the reasons why you should and should not get tight end. Here are the reasons why you should or should not get wide receiver or tackle or corner or whatever. I think wide receiver and tight end are probably the two. And watching the playoffs for me has kind of shifted a bit the mentality and maybe some of the justification or the the gap between some of these possible options so jake kind of start us off how about let's let's flip it you give the reason why malik neighbors should be the pick i'll give the reason why brock bowers should be the pick and then we can discuss the other bucket together that sounds fair uh you know you see what you get with malik neighbors the most explosive wide receiver in college football, something that the Chargers have been lacking in terms of a guy who can go out there and make those type of plays in their wide receiver room. And we all expected, just based off of what we thought that the Chargers needed going into last year, it was a much different wide receiver dynamic. It was a much different class. You obviously see that from some of the mock drafts now in terms of the value in which these are going to be going. This is more of your Jamar Chase, C.D. Lamb type of wide receiver class where they're more valued at the top. Obviously, Marvin Harrison Jr. is, we don't expect him to go anywhere below pick number four. And unfortunately for the Chargers, due to a missed field goal in the Arizona game, (laughs) they were just that close in, in contention for that. But in terms of Malik Neighbors in this particular draft, you got to start thinking ahead. And, and I know from the standpoint of the Chargers drafting two wide receivers last year and Quentin Johnson and Darius Davis and some of the elements that you thought that you were getting and unfortunately as far as what they were, how they were utilizing the offense and their overall performance in general did not live up to the expectations for what they needed. But when you look at who the Chargers have currently in their wide receiver room, obviously I think it's, I personally unfortunately think it's a foregone conclusion that Mike Williams is not returning to this team. Josh Palmer is entering the last year of his contract year. We have no idea whether or not he's going to see a second contract with the Chargers. And Keenan Allen, at best, probably is signed for a one-year extension with the team. So you have to find some way to reload this wide receiver room. And when you're in a position like this, and when you have a dynamic playmaker like Malik Neighbors to do it, it's it's a really hard argument to say otherwise. It really is. I understand people in their mock drafts have gone out and they have pigged Joe Alt to the Chargers at five. And uh, if you watched Daniel, or if you happen to see Daniel Jeremiah's recent mock draft where he had them taking Roma Dunze, which I totally get, just maybe not at five. 
And, and, maybe, and, and maybe the conversation now is just wide receiver at five in general. Why that right. would be the pick. Yeah. Right. But you just look at the skill set as far as what Malik Neighbors brings to a wide receiver room that is devoid of a lot of that type of skill set. I, I don't think it's any question the type of explosion that you need for a downfield playmaker that can make those type of electric plays with Justin Herbert that he has truly been lacking. Yes, Keenan Allen, one of the best route runners in the entire league. Mike Williams, 50-50 ball catcher. You know, he can make those type of amazing catches when it counts. And we all know the injury and injury history, unfortunately, that has taken place with him. And the other wide receivers in this crop have just not been able to step up. So when you're seeing what you've been seeing, as Dan mentioned in the playoffs, with the likes of Kansas City, a Detroit, a Baltimore, say Flowers still breaks my heart. But when you see these type of dynamic weapons that are added in these type of offenses and when they are used properly, this is what they can bring for you from, from an offensive standpoint. And Justin Herbert has lacked this type of weapon since he has entered the NFL and desperately needs something like this. The Chargers do not have a player that you can throw them the ball and they could take it to the house. Maybe they do in Darius Davis, but he hasn't been utilized for that. Quinn if it happens, Johnson, it's busted coverage. <laughs> That's yes. essentially it. It's busted coverage. It happens. But the offensive field for this Chargers team has been so kind of claw your way down the field, dink and dunk, and hoping that you can execute a 10-plus, 13-plus play drive to get there. That's what a Malik Neighbors or a playmaking wide receiver will hope to help alleviate is some of those stress points where you it essentially would allow your offense to breathe a bit. You get a quote-unquote easy score, an easy explosive play. Just yesterday, you saw what explosive plays and lack of explosive plays means to a playoff game. I believe the Bills had won the entire game, and they lost. And that's with Josh Allen at quarterback. Stephon Diggs blew a massive opportunity with like a, whatever, 90-yard, it felt like, 90-yard catch that he dropped. But that's what the idea here is. Like roster construction, you get a wide receiver, bona fide talent on a rookie contract for four or five years and I've been a huge, huge Malik Neighbors proponent. Now I'll go the other way. And it's kind of ironic for me saying this because I was such and am still a huge Malik Neighbors supporter. Watching what we've seen these playoffs and comparing that to what the Chargers have or have not had in this circumstance at tight end, you look at Travis Kelsey. You look at Sam Laporta. You look at some of these playmakers at tight end that are the safety net for these offenses when it matters most. Yeah, these guys are not running by anybody. I get that. But the impact that these tight ends have on a game and the quantity of impactful possessions and plays that these tight ends have on an offense throughout the game it's hard to argue against drafting Brock Bowers. Now, 
yes, you can. we can all revisit history. Imagine if the Chargers drafted any one of those tight ends last year, how easy this decision would be this year. And it pains me how obvious that is. And realistically, this comes down to uh, which problem are you looking to solve for? Are you looking to solve for explosive plays? Are you looking to solve for you know, lack of speed and production at the wide receiver position down the field, uh, dynamic, explosiveness? Are you looking to solve for that? Or are you looking to solve for safety valve, pass catching, run blocking, pass protection, consistency, and like the right hand to the left hand, if you will, for a quarterback? And while I love Malik Neighbors, and there is no wrong answer here, in my opinion, it's hard to argue how much more, from like a play-to-play standpoint, a generational tight end would impact this team. I mean, think about it. I'm on Ross St. Brown, Jamar Chase, Stephon Diggs, you name it, all these playmakers, right? They're huge. How often do they actually get a chance to be huge? And you could talk about the tangential, like, you know, they stretch the field so it opens things up underneath and all kinds of stuff. Like, I get all that. But if you don't watch the playoff games when they matter most and when it gets tight, who do these quarterbacks go to? Like, we see it how many times the Chargers play the Chiefs, or honestly, would the Chiefs play anybody? Travis Kelsey is always somehow open. And anytime he's on the field, it feels like somehow he always gets it. And go back, look at the lines of Sam Laporta and what Jared Goff was doing with him. There are two different problems you're looking to solve for. And so there really isn't a wrong answer here. But watching this playoff weekend made me realize how valuable Brock Bowers specifically could be to Justin Herbert. And that discourse, I think I put a poll like a couple weeks ago. And it's like split, like 48, 52%. Like Chargers fans, it's pretty even. But I think what's important is there's no wrong answer. Now, you said, Jake, there's like the, well, what if we go offensive line? Again, we're not talking trade down for a second. We're just staying in the reality here. Um, We can go into your defensive line. You can go like with that Newsom. You can go Joe Alt. You can go Fashanu. You can go... Uh, a corner, whatever it is. And like those are possibilities. I think those are much less likely at five, in my opinion. But what I think is something that Chargers fans should start to think about is the impact that taking a position at five has on the rest of the draft and the options available later. With as many holes as the Chargers need to fill. Yes. And again, we're not talking trade back right now, but Jake and I both are of the impression that that is the way or is a great way. We don't know what the trade options are going to be possibly for guys like Cleo Mack or Keenan Allen or Mike Williams or Joey Bosa. We don't know picks that we could possibly get. We're just staying in the present. So what if the Chargers go Brock Bowers at one? or at five in round one. What if the Chargers go Malik Neighbors or Roma Dunze or Marvin Harrison at five? What does that mean for the rest of the positions? 
this is the fun part. So we're going to do a little quasi mock draft here. But in this mock draft discussion, we're going to kind of go through some scenarios and position groups that may be of higher value in specific rounds versus not. Before we get to that, Jake, anything else in the tight end versus receiver versus other conversation? I mean, again, I don't. I personally don't think that whoever the Chargers end up with, let's just say it is between these two guys, that's how it ends up panning out come April. I really don't think that you're missing out with the, with either guy that you select. One thing I'll say about the Brock Bowers situation is that you look at the wide receiver group the way it is, and I had obviously just went off on that whole statement a second ago talking about why you need to draft Malik neighbors in that situation because you kind of need to think forward and who you have currently in the wide receiver room. The fact that they drafted Quentin Johnson last year in the first round, I don't think deters them at all from taking Malik neighbors at number five overall in this one. But now look at the tight end room. You don't know if Gerald Everett's coming back. You have Donald Parham and Stone Smart that are under contract for this next upcoming year, and that's it. Justin Herbert has not had a really solid tight end to throw to since his rookie year in, in Hunter Henry that he was there for only that first season. Since then, it's been a combination of things from the standpoint that the, the tight ends have either not panned out the way they were supposed to or they haven't been utilized the way that they were supposed to. Brock Bowers, from a standpoint of what he's done in college, and I get the biggest aspect of this is as it relates to tight ends, is positional value. Tight ends are not taken that high, and I totally get that. Kyle Pitts being the exception to that rule, and unfortunately for him in Atlanta, for a number of different reasons, he it's definitely had, it's not his fault, but he hasn't lived up to the draft value of where he was selected at. So I totally get anybody's argument to deter away from Brock Bowers in that situation because of that. But when you just dig a little bit deeper and you realize from the standpoint that in this particular tight end class, unfortunately, it's not last year's tight end class where it was very deep and the Chargers just <laughs> didn't bother drafting one of those tight ends. Could have solved a big problem if you did. But in this particular class, from Brock Bowers to the next guy, it's not nearly the same class as it was last year. So when you have the opportunity to get a dynamic, as Mel Kuyper called him, receiving entity, chose not to call him a tight end, chose to call him a receiving entity, <laughs> like Brock Bowers, to add him to this team that is not only going to give Justin Herbert a new outlet, a dynamic pass-catching uh, weapon, something to help in the running block, the run blocking game from the Chargers tight end standpoint. They haven't had that in years. He can fill a lot of holes for you in making that selection at five. So again, I, I get the discourse. I get the argument. That's just me personally when I see holes to fill, what you can do, and why I've always been a little bit higher on the Brock Bowers conversation. And after talking about this, I think there's some discourse that's probably going to start between like positional value, definitely, and, will. like and like effective value in a play by play standpoint. Because while yes, tight ends generally don't get paid as much as wide receivers, how much a great tight end impacts an offense versus a great wide receiver, marginally different at best. You could argue there might not be any difference in terms of impact. You could argue tight end might impact more the great ones. You know, like, for example, like the conversation, who impacts an offense more? 
you know, Sam Laporta or I'll just stick with a great one. I'll stick with like um, Travis Kelsey, Travis Kelsey or Justin Jefferson. Like that's not an easy answer. Like they both do. And so that's where we're at. So let's have some fun here. Uh, I'm going to pull up here for this exercise. We got PFF and we're going to showcase two different mock draft scenarios. We'll do one side with wide receiver at five. We'll do one side with tight end at five, tight end, i.e. Brock Bowers, obviously. And to kind of kick off the discussion, Jake, remember, the Chargers have holes at arguably every position. (laughs) I was literally just about to say this. So thank you. Thank you for saying it. (laughs) Every position. So we're talking they can go tight end. They can go tackle. They can go corner. They can go wide receiver. They can go safety. They can go linebacker. They can go edge. They can go interior defensive. Like it's all on the board. Now at five, most of those things aren't. But the conversation that I think we should probably start having is which positions would make the most sense in each round. And we're not going to go seven rounds, obviously. There's not enough time for that right now. But we'll do like three or four just to kind of showcase what we're talking about here. So, in my opinion, in Jake's opinion, Round one at five specifically. Again, we're not talking trade back. Sweet spot would be you can get a bona fide playmaker in Brock Bowers, bona fide blue chip talent, Malik Neighbors. If you want to go Roma Dunze like Daniel Jeremiah, you can go that route possibly. You're going to have your pick of CB1, edge one, probably tackle one, intra defensive line one. You can get the best at their position in almost every single category. But I think the most likely and where you get the most value here is probably going to be in terms of talent, right? Probably tight end with Bowers, wide receiver, or tackle. Those are probably the three. Would you agree, Jake? See, the tackle argument is interesting to me, and I understand that. I don't think they should get. I'm not saying they should get tackle. No, no, no. no, no, I'm with you. The highest. I'm with you. If you are talking just positional value. And like you said, I'm not saying that tackle should be the pick here. I think that's more from the draft pundits, and you see that in mock draft. I think that that's strictly just what they're following in terms of positional value. But in terms of what the Chargers have currently right now, and Trey Pipkins being only one year into that new deal, and with you already in bad salary cap spot, I don't think that you move off off from that just yet. So that's another reason why I think tackle is bypassed in this situation. Agreed. So I think it is is left to those two positions in that circumstance, tight end or wide receiver. Maybe corner, but as of right now, I think it's too rich. high. Yeah, yes. I think it's too high for corner in this class. But so the discussion becomes, if you pick one position now, what's left of the other positions later? Correct. So, and again, let's just, this is a, once again, it's a mock draft in January. So in terms of what can change, a lot of this is going to change. There's going to be guys that are on these... It, Go on. I'm sorry. I was just going to say, there's going to be guys that are on this board that in terms of where they are projected now is not going to be where they're projected come April. So let's just keep that in mind. So Dan and I are going to try to keep this as realistic as possible. And yes, there are probably going to be some things that are going to look completely out of whack, but just try to stay with us a little bit as far as this exercise goes to demonstrate it. So exercise one, we're going to go receiver first. Exercise two, we're going to go tight end first. We can see how this thing plays out. So, Jake, would you like to do wide receiver or tight end first? Let's let's stick. To, well, we already we already made the arguments for the opposite 
for ourselves, Dan. So let's now go back to what we're obviously favoring. So you stick with wide receiver. I'll stick with tight end. All right. So I will go with Malik Neighbors at five. Jake is going to go with Brock Bowers at five. Okay. So snake draft. So now Jake gets to go. Now this is the part that gets interesting. The Chargers, in your scenario, they go tight end. And now the door is open for every position. And you could probably get a solid to great player at a position of your choosing. This is this scenario that played out right here for me, seeing kind of how this board fell, is kind of actually how this whole pod idea was spurned in the first place. <laughs> because Dan started making some arguments to go, okay, if you, if you take tight end, maybe you can roll right back around in round two and take a receiver. And to me, while that makes sense, and obviously the Chargers have a hole for that, but they also have holes everywhere else throughout throughout the roster. And taking two skill position players, obviously that's something like one round after the other, is not something that they traditionally do. Nor do I think that they would do it again in this scenario based on how this fell. Now, Donnie Mitchell, Xavier Leggett is extremely tempting to take here. TJ Tampa, meanwhile, Corner. From the Chargers need a corner, especially when you start looking at what's coming down the pipe in that particular room. We know Mike Davis isn't going to be back. JC Jackson obviously isn't there. You know that Asante Samuel is going to be coming up for a contract real soon. Jasir Taylor, Dean Leonard, you have no idea what they're going to pan out to be. You need some corner help and you need it badly in that secondary. So TJ Tampa could be an option here. Dan, kind of just go scroll down a little bit. I just want to see what else kind of the board has told me. Okay, so Byron Murphy, I don't believe is going to be here realistically come April. I think he's going to go much higher than this. Uh, let's see. Chris well, so Jenkins. Overall, so overall for you, like you, you went tight end in the first position. Mm-hmm. So second round. In the second round, what would you say? The What positions would you say are like the sweet spot of in round two? These are probably where you can get the best of their position. Well, Byron Murphy here, if for some reason he even fell this part, far would be amazing. But Chris Jenkins, I think, is actually a realistic option of being here and how appropriate. Plays in Michigan. Maybe that's mm-hmm. uh maybe that's something that a certain head coach of Michigan would want to have on his NFL roster. So I wouldn't so mind that you're saying so you're saying interdefensive line, you can get kind of like a tier one that's available at this spot. I'd probably go interior defensive line and I'd probably go corner in this scenario based off of what the board is telling me here. So I'd probably go TJ Tampa here. If it were me, that's yeah, not by much because Chris Jenkins is extremely tempting to me. You know, screw it. Before you made that selection, Dan, I just made the whole pun and I'm going to try and speak it into existence. All right. If Jim Harbaugh, if Jim Harbaugh comes to the Chargers, he's gonna eat, okay. he's gonna he's gonna target Chris Jenkins. So let's go. <laughs> All right. So Jake goes into your defensive line, second round. Now, now I know. Now I know I'm gonna pay for that. I know I'm gonna pay for that in like the next round at corner. But this is so, why this exercise is here. So this is where some of the pause, some of the pause for me, 
begins going receiver at five. Because we all know how important and how incredible Brock Bowers would be to a team. The difference between Brock Bowers and whoever else is left at tight end in this draft specifically is like Mariana Trench deep. Like it's nowhere near the same. And so in my opinion, there is no tight end other than Brock Bowers who is going to be like immediate, high impact, high reward pick. None. Zero. So if you don't go tight end at at in the first round with Bowers, in my opinion, there is another tight end that I'm wanting this early in round one or two. So yes, the Chargers got Malik Neighbors, which is incredible. But now you're hoping that you can essentially do tight end by committee through either later round of the draft or free agency. And you hope that you can find you know, one or two that could be run blocking, pass blocking. Maybe Joe Everett comes back on a, on a nice deal. Who knows? But that's that scenario. So Chargers now, they have Malik Neighbors. They got their bona fide alpha weapon on the outside. Now you're thinking, man, what if I didn't do that? Because like they got Adonai Mitchell, who I love out of Texas, the wide receiver there. Xavier Leggett, I love. Jermaine Burton. All three of those are like my guy wide receivers. You have a corner staring you right in the face who would personally, if it fell this way for me, I would have... Well, he's not going to be there. I would have made the decision 100%. But yes, to your point, Quinion Mitchell, I think, is going to be one of the best risers in this draft. Or Kamari Has... Lathler, to be honest. Both of those guys uh, are great. But yes, if it, if it fell to me this way, again, we're trying to keep it realistic as possible, but if it fell to me this way, this would be like another Rashawn Slater, Asante Samuel Jr. situation when nobody yeah. was saying that there was any chance of the Chargers getting both of them. This would be like another one of those scenarios. If Quinion Mitchell fell to the Chargers in the second round, I think that'd be a damn gift. Quinion Mitchell, so I think in this scenario, I'm probably going to go corner. I think that's what this Chargers team needs. I could go Byron Murphy, but I don't think he's going to be there. Kamari Lasseter, I'm kind of going the approach of like, I need an SEC guy. So I might, while I think I might like Quinion Mitchell more, I think having somebody from the SEC proven from Georgia who has that pedigree, I think I might go that direction. And while he might not be available here, I think he's more likely to be available than Quinion Mitchell is at this point, in my opinion. So I'll go wide receiver first, corner with my second round pick. Now, funny, look who's staring at me right in the face. <laughs> God dang it. Which so, it probably it probably won't happen like that. I mean, but it could. It could. We don't know where Jatavian Sanders is going to end up. He should end up. Okay, he's probably tight end. Hypothetically, on the if, if Brock Bowers goes at five, I don't see how there's any way that Jadavian Sanders goes all the way to round two and nobody picks it through round two and nobody picks him up. And this is and this is again once this is the gap from this tight end class. It's Brock Bowers and then it's the next guy. But the I think that the thing that is easy to assume is teams are going to get desperate because they need a tight end, so they're going to reach for a guy that might not necessarily be worth that pick. And while it would be crazy that no 
other tight end other than Brock Bowers gets picked until, you know, round or pick 70 or later. Do you think he's the 57th or is he the 69th best player on the team or on the board? I don't know. I think I can find a whole bunch of guys here that can maybe be a higher impact to their team than him. But if I'm the Chargers, this is a question of like, would you rather go in this scenario? Dan, Dan was given a gift. <laughs> yes, and I don't. I don't know if he's going to be there, so I'm going to not go that way. And what? Ah, dang it, man! Because okay, I'm I'm struggling between going interior defensive line or tight end because I think. Both of those could which, be utilized. Which that was my logic for the Chris Jenkins pick because Sebastian Joseph Day no longer there. Austin Johnson's contract has come up. You need some more bodies in there. I know Tito's back there. I know you still have Morgan Fox, but you need to reinforce the the middle of that defensive line drastically. P.S. Look at these contested catch and drop rates. Receiving <laughs> grades for Jadavian Sanders, by the way. Like, pretty darn good. Ah. All right, screw it. I'm gonna go. This is what this is why doing this exercise in January sucks. (laughs) (laughs) This is why it's it's not gonna get any easier come April. But this is why doing it now. You know what? Really, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pick him because this is because this is the exercise is showcasing what happens if you don't go Bowers early, and the chance of him being here right now is probably pretty slim. To your point, so again, let's just say he's not there. There are no tight ends that you're going with, so. You can go running back, possibly. Chargers need that. Chargers need edge help. Chargers need inter-defensive line, which I don't even know if that's a high position. They need interior-offensive line help real bad. They could possibly they'll need, go they'll need, line, they'll need linebacker, but this linebacker class is not the best class to draft from. No. They could go safety. I could totally see them go safety, honestly. Depending on what happens with the Lohi Gilman, which if you were to make a case for any of the in-house free agents to come back for the Chargers, I think he's probably him. that case. Yep. <sighs> All right. I might go Clemson. I might go SEC again. And I'm going to go Rook, which, by the way, look at this guy's run defense grade and pass rush win rate. This is why you pick interior defensive line. He can have kind of both inside out Bring some pass pressure as well. Enter defensive line for me. Jake, you are up. And what has the board fallen for? What, is, what does it look like falling for me? Oh, good Lord. <sighs> running back. Here we go running back. <laughs> We're now in round four. Wait, is this round four? Let's just round three. I'm sorry. Did I mess this up? Hold on. I can cut this out if I didn't. Dan, did you make the selection under my tight end pick? I may have. Where did I just pick? No, that's mine. Okay, so then I haven't made my third selection yet. You're right. Sorry, round three. You're good. Got it. (laughs) Now now we're talking. Now we're talking. Okay. So you got offensive line. You can go center here. You can go corner. I like line. This. this is actually falling for me. Okay, this ain't 
this ain't too bad. Scroll down for me a little bit. Okay, and give me the give me the tight end. You haven't gotten a receiver, have you? I have not. Um, give me the wide receivers and give me the corners after this. I just want to see see how everything's shaking up. Okay, so Jalen McMillan's there. This is the problem, Jake. When he gets around three, in my in my opinion, there is no there is not a receiver I want. That's going to make a high impact. There just isn't. Sorry. And now give me the corners. Let me see how that shaped up. Mm, corners. Where's corner? Why am I missing it? There it is. Okay. You can go Michigan again. <laughs> no, I think I know exactly what I'm going to do, Dan. Bring it back to the first screen. Zach Frazier, West Virginia. Give me the center. Chargers need this with Corey Lindsley, obviously going into retirement, unfortunately. Will Clapp, while serviceable, he's just not the guy that I think is going to carry you into these next five years as your starting center. You need someone a little bit better than that that you can develop for the long term. Uh, And Will Frazier, I think, is one of those guys. The center class, again, while top-heavy, and wherever they're going to start getting picked and valued, it's actually a pretty good class as it relates to offensive line in general. And when you start looking at the center class, I really think that the Chargers would end up addressing this a little bit earlier than may, than people think, just because of the standpoint. Look, you, you need to pair Justin Herbert now with someone who's going to be there for the long term. And you saw how stable everything was when Corey Lindsley was in there for the duration that he was with this team. And when he went... It just felt like the entire offensive line went into shambles. So I think based off of what the board has showed me here, I think that that's the best pick for a multitude of different reasons. You get Zach Frazier to pair with Justin Herbert under center and add to that offensive line. All right, Snake Drafts, this is your fourth pick. You can go Spencer Rattler. Get a receipt, get a quarterback on the bench. That'd be wonderful. I mean, do we know that Easton Stick is coming back? Yeah, no, we're not. We're not. We're not doing that here. No, we're not doing that here. Uh still no receiver for Jake Hafner. So what does that mean? Are we just rolling out with what we got? Are you waiting for like UDFAs? What are you doing? Yeah, this is how it's how it's really going to change here. Again, show me the wide receiver board as it stands right now. <laughs> <laughs> and, and really, and really, it's it's a horrible situation for what has worked out in this particular scenario. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's 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 bad. It's Jake Hafner is going to be playing receiver for the Chargers. It's not pretty at all. So <laughs> I don't oh, really no, know what you do. <laughs> I don't really know what you do. And as Dan said, you know, well, well where are you going to target it? It's like, well. You, you can't really target in free agency because the Chargers already have so much money wrapped up in their wide receiver group. So you really can't expect to do that there unless you're signing someone to a one-year veteran minimum deal at best. Doesn't mean you still don't need a wide receiver for the long term. Mm-hmm. But since that's the way that the board played out for me, this is kind of proving Dan's point in terms of, well, where do you prioritize these things if, even if you go tight end at number five? In this particular scenario, I can't. So <laughs> what else do the Chargers need in this particular scenario? So round four, not necessarily name, but position. Round four, what position do you think brings the highest value to the pick? 
As far as what the board has given me or just in general? Just generally speaking. This year. <sighs> the running back class is... Not top-heavy. <laughs> it's not top-heavy. It's definitely not the Bijan Gibbs type of year that it was last year. While there are some names on this list in terms of running backs that I like, mm-hmm. like the the general the general viewpoint is going to be, oh, again, the Chargers waited until day three to draft a running back, and now you don't have Austin Eckler coming back next year. Joshua mm-hmm. Kelly's contract's up. What are you going to do? Mm-hmm. If it were if it were me personally, this may be a position that the Chargers look to the free agent market as like a stopgap option. I could yeah. see that realistically happening. Audric Estime, I love what I see from Audric Estime. It's 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 <laughs> tough. It's it's really tough. Have you it's gone really corner? tough? No, show me the corner. Show me the corner draft. And I apologize for taking a little bit long on this selection. And I won't try to act like I know what I'm talking about because I actually have the guys that are remaining on this board. I have not gotten a chance to watch. So I won't act like I know what I'm talking about. So in this scenario, you went tight end, you went interior defensive line, defensive line, mm -hmm, and center. center. Ideally, if if it broke this way, I would probably want to either get someone in the secondary Mm -hmm. or a wide receiver or a running back. Those would probably be the top three options that I would go for in this circumstance. But to just shut me up and wrap up this part for for me, give me Estime. I like him. I like him a lot. All right, so that's Jake's. I've got... I went receiver. I went corner. I went interdefensive line. <clears throat> Maybe I'll go center here. Cedric Van Pran would be good. Cedric Van Pran would be great. And that's another SEC kid. Mm-hmm. I really like your the way you talked about res- the running back going free agency because that's a very easy stopgap for a year. And this might be the year to do it. Yeah. I think you kind of helped make my mind up. So let's compare these for a second. So again, two very different scenarios. Malik Neighbors, Kamari Lasseter. This is the SEC draft. Rook Ororo. Ororo. There we go. Dan's going to have, Dan is going to practice talking about that name for the next two and a half months so you know what his homework assignment is. Cedric Rampant, a wide receiver corner, interior defensive line, and center. Jake goes Brock Bowers, Chris Jenkins, Zach Frazier, and Audric Estimate and tight end, interdefensive line, center, and running back. And the part that's interesting, that the point of this is both of these drafts have bright spots, but both of these drafts, you're missing on huge positions of need for this Chargers team. Like for mine, 
while neighbors Lassiter, Van Pran, and Hororororororororo are great, like who's the tight end? We got no running backs. Hopefully, we got a safety in Alohi Gilman this year. No idea what the edge position is going to look like. Uh, do we have a linebacker? Like all questions that we have no answers for in the first four rounds. Jake's, I think. The Brock Bowers pick, what I do like about that in terms of value is that brings you, not only do you have a pass catcher and a safety valve for Justin Herbert, but you also have improvement in the running game paired with Audric Estime because he's a great run blocker, edge setter. Like, that helps there. Interior defensive line, Chris Jenkins, Zach Frazier finally charged to get their center. But then Jake's, same thing. They got no corners. Who's the receiver? Yeah. Well, like... The, so the reason we're doing this is there are consequences to like all of these. And it kind of comes down to like, what do you think the charges need to prioritize? So of those two, Jake, I know you're probably biased towards yours. I'm probably biased to mine, but let's just go position wise tight end Defensive line, center, and running back. Wide receiver, corner, center, into your defensive line. Which one are you taking? When you look at the holes that I left off, it's some pretty damn big holes, especially on the defensive side of the ball. I went three on the offense. All three to help Justin Herbert. Brock Bowers, get a new center, get Audrey Estimay. As another weapon in there for the backfield. Now again, you went, I pref- you went like the tough and rugged approach for sure. I I preface that just from the standpoint again that the running also back line, class is so with, with Mister Jim Harbaugh by the way because he would totally go this direction. It's the running back class is so interesting to me, and it's just again from the standpoint that the Chargers now do not have a starting running back. We have no idea who that is going to be. <laughs> If we're expecting that to be Isaiah Spiller come day one next year, just because he's really the only guy that's on the roster by default, how much confidence does that really give you in terms of what he's going to do? Because we haven't gotten a chance to see enough of it in the last two years. Or is this narrative going to be, oh, the Chargers again try a running back, even without Tom Telesco on day three and expect that to work out? I know that there's going to be a lot of blowback for that in that in that scenario. Or to what Dan's kind of talking about here, does this all lead to secret door number three and the Chargers end up trading down to acquire more picks to fill more more holes? It's just, it's a difficult Man. exercise to do, especially in January. And yes, Dan and I would both be pissed considering if this was the year that we've been clamoring for the Chargers to trade down and you have two players like Neighbors and Bowers that are sitting there at five and that's the year you decide to trade down. Everybody better be crossing their fingers that they are able Ooh. to hit home runs with their corresponding picks that they get out of that. But honestly, then I look at this in terms of spots to fill. I give it to you, honestly. I, I think that you had the better draft in this particular scenario. I think that you filled the bigger positions of need of what you know you're going to go into. Now, you could look at Malik Neighbors from a standpoint for those that are of the Brock Bauer pundits like me. The Malik Neighbors pick totally makes sense for what you're going to have in this wide receiver room come two years from now, 100%. In terms of corner, you need a corner. 
you definitely need a corner. I did not draft one, and the board did not fall in my favor to do so. Dan addressed that big time. I think you could make an argument that corner is the number two position of need. Hell, some people could even make it number one right now for what what you needed, but where the Chargers are drafting, it's just too high at that point in time. And then what you came around and you did with Van Pran and addressing the interior defensive line, I think that was great because those are two huge holes that you have to fill. So I give it to you. I think you won this one. I think what I'm realizing, Jake, is if they stay at five throughout, no matter who the Chargers pick, you're going to walk out of there after four rounds or whatever. Again, we just staying as is for a second. And you're going to feel like, feel good, but WTF are we going to do about three different positions? And it brings to light how many holes are on this roster. I, and think, that's, I think that's more of an argument to what you see people. That are doing these mock drafts with the Chargers taking a Joe Alt or an Olu Fashanu at five, and it, it just to just literally what Dan said there. If you go that route, what the hell are you going to do at the other positions to fill those needs? <laughs> yes, because that like sure, Joe Alt would be an upgrade over Trey Pipkins, and yeah, you're moving him over to the other side, which I don't know if that really makes sense. You're going to have two generational tackles. Cool. But like, what? Good luck to you for your Good. other. We're gonna we're gonna be talking about the same exact <laughs> issue for Justin <laughs> Herbert that we were talking about this entire year. <laughs> so all of this to say, there are pros and cons to every position at every round. Some of this is kind of a check a check on my end too, of. It's gonna. It would be perfectly fine if they go Brock Bowers. I will say some things to remember. In my opinion, if they don't go receiver in the first two rounds, they ain't getting one that I want. They ain't getting a dance guys, dance dudes. I'm gonna start coining that by the way, dance dudes dance for 2024. Dudes. If they don't go tight end in round one, they ain't getting one that I want. In my opinion. If they don't go corner in the first two rounds, maybe three. It's Dunzo. So I know it's not likely that the Chargers would go like skill positions one, two, or hell, one, two, three, if you want to talk corner and receiver. This might be the time to break that trend. But like Jake always says, door number three, trade back, which we could do another scenario later. That opens up a whole lot of possibilities where if I'm being honest, those solutions are much nicer than what we have currently. <sighs> much nicer. It's hard to think about it. It's, it is hard to think about a draft though without Malik Neighbors or Brock Bowers on it. Correct. That is true. Oh, man. But why we're doing this now because <laughs> we got what four months until we get to do, figure out what's going on um yeah this shocking, was the beta, the beta test is what this yes was. shocking we've gone an episode and there has been no news breaking for the chargers i feel like every time we've done an episode the last couple of weeks something is broken has broke while we've been recording so let's end it now before something happens anything else 
want to talk about with our great friends before we get on out of here and just continue to cross fingers about the head coaching watch. Again, it's currently Monday. I mean, the last essentially four episodes that we have done has it been nothing but the head coach and GM search. So is, this is a little bit as important as I know that that's our, that, that, that is. God, it kind of felt nice just to take a breath and, you know, go to the right. <laughs> it is. It did, honestly, talk it, about something completely different. I got to say, man, like there at some point, I want to say like some point, like late middle of the late last week, I just was like, nope, I'm done worrying about the Harbaugh thing right now. There's no point. And then seeing just the absolute travesty that has occurred on social media for every single thing that comes out that has even just a hashtag chargers on it. That's not chargers announced the hiring of Jim Harbaugh. It's just like feeling. I, I understand everybody how important this hire is for the front office and for the head coach for this team. And truthfully, Hey, look, I'm like every one of you, I wake up in the morning and I pull out my phone, hoping that I'm going to see something on it, that it break, you know, that it breaks early at 4am and Schefter's on it. And you can hear that announcement and let's finally be done with it. But at this point, especially just with all of the so-called sources, misinformation, possibly Michigan making a Hail Mary pass to bring Harbaugh back at this point in time. Just look, just take a deep breath again. Have a little bit of patience. Whatever's going to happen is going to happen. And when it happens, we'll all figure it out together. My favorite of all the sources, Jake, as we get out of here, it was like source says chargers are hiring Jim Harbaugh could be as soon as a couple hours or as late as next yes. late next week. And I'm like at two thirty five <laughs> after he finishes his turkey sandwich, he's going to be putting pen to paper. <laughs> oh gosh. Well, uh, excited that we got the first kind of quasi mock draft under our belt. Um, we'll have a lot more of these and discuss a lot more things, NFL draft prospects as we continue on. But until then, for Jake Hefner, Dan Wolkenstein, LA Football Network, and Chargers Unleashed, we will talk to you next time. We're going to actually be live at Radio Row to some capacity. So be on the lookout for that upcoming for Super Bowl week. But until then, enjoy your Monday, and we'll talk to you next time on Chargers Unleashed. Chargers Unleashed.